Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. In this episode, we talk to Megan from Pool Pro Magazine and Tyler from the Pool Chasers podcast, and we do a deep dive into the continued price increases we're seeing in the industry and raising your rates. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and PoolInvoice.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everybody. I got to I got to be honest every time we do good mornings now I go into like full panic mode because I'm like I I, I got to step this up for John what am I going to say like I can't keep it short so it's a very good mornings are very stressful for me now but good morning I almost didn't make it today I'm glad I'm here because also very stressful is if you don't make it to an episode you know you're going to catch a lot of uh a lot of stuff for it so I I'm think just, that's I'm the fear here. now yeah, no, it's very fearful. <laughs> John, good morning. Good morning. And look, Zach, you're 100% right, because when Edgar gave me the call this morning and said, um, uh, Zach might not be able to make it or wasn't going to make it, first thing I thought of, okay, what are we going to do to harass him? I'm sitting there texting Edgar. I go, hey, can we figure out, can we get a? Can we get an audio clip real quick? Can we start something up with Zach, please, to take some of this pressure off me and... Uh, we were, it, it was in the works, but uh, you came through towards the end and uh, we're glad to have you on. We're glad everything's okay. But as far as me, I'm trying to understand with you, Zach, is you're looking at all our videos here and where we're at and I, your picture, you're like this. Why, why are you so close to the camera, bro? <laughs> huh? I want everyone to be able how, how to do see you, How do you do that? How, how do you get it that close? I think it's my camera. It's like it fish is, right? eye or something. Yeah. So, anyways, um, look, I'm. I'm. So what very happens, John, when you buy when you buy the nine ninety nine one from Amazon? That's what you is get. That, is that what? Is that what? It is? <laughs> <laughs> he pulled it out of storage. You know the old little ones that that we had when we were kids when we were growing up, right? The first ones that came out. You know what? Um, let's. But, I'll tell you what, John. Let's get a bias opinion. Because Tyler knows about equipment and all that kind of stuff. So, Tyler, tell us that that is not this nine ninety nine one from Amazon. <laughs> Pretty legit like that. I mean, yeah, it does for sure, right? Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. You know. Good morning, Zach. No. Um, no, look, I'm, I'm very excited. One, to have Megan on. She's been nothing but a sweetheart and great to us. And we've had 
we had a tremendous time out in Texas when we got to meet and we were doing the article and to have her back on the podcast again and to be on our live. She's been very generous with her time and she's very important to, to the industry, especially her and the magazine and what we're trying to accomplish here. And in turn, having Tyler, I'm so stoked to have the pool chasers on because uh, you guys are awesome. I've been listening to you guys from the very, very beginning and still continue to listen to the work and the, the stuff that you guys put out. And it's much appreciated. I love your hat. I have one too. Um, I think I was, I think I was your number two or number three Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm continuing to support you guys because I, I really appreciate what you do. And I think having you guys on and us being able to collaborate in a way uh, is a long time coming and just super stoked you made time to be able to be on with us. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate all the compliments. Thank you. And love what you guys are doing too. I think it's really helping the industry and you are right. <laughs> you are. I think this is the second, yeah. second Patreon. So yeah, I think appreciate that support forever. And yeah, yeah I can see why you're kind of nervous about these, Zach. Like he just talks forever. <laughs> so be careful bro. I mean, to, get our, <laughs> to get our good mor- get your good morning and it's like i'm just waiting here like 10 minutes to say good morning at least <laughs> you, you gotta go. try to outdo it i know i know that's why i decided to be the one that just says good morning and that's it there you, go. Them, you, you know, know john we need to start flipping it back on edgar <laughs> that's what i'm saying right he always like skates out and doesn't really do any of the good mornings or he's always He's asking the questions and not really answering the questions. I, I, I'm on to him just like on that live, right? Where he set me up on our live on Wednesday where we were announcing the awards that we were doing and he purposely, and I called him out on it um, when it came down to announcing the names, right? Of, of the reps. And there was a, a laundry list of them and a couple of them or about two or three of them had the pronunciation of their last name. You know, everybody always butchers a last name, right? And I'm like, oh, Edgar, you prick, right? You're making me announce these names, right? Live in front of everybody. They got their friends, their family. Everybody's going to be listening to this. And I'm going to be the one butchering these names, especially yeah. with my last name too, because everybody butchers my name. So I think, I, I think I did okay. I didn't get much feedback or anybody telling me that I butchered you, it, but you killed two of them, but I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you, John, 100% honest with you. I did that on purpose. I, I know you did. Cause I, know you did. I butcher people's <laughs> last name and people make fun of me. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting on this. And you know what sucks up. is we, <laughs> we, we got no clarification prior to that, or I'm sure you did, but you never relate any of that information to me. Like, Hey John, this is how you pronounce this last name. So when you were reading, off this list this is how you're going to pronounce it no why would you i'm looking at <laughs> like oh my god he sent me the list like five minutes out, like, before like, the, like the gaps or right the, right you know, the, or the just little google how do you pronounce it yes pronounce it for you. <laughs> no <laughs> the google link. i literally had it like five minutes before the live i got the list and i'm like oh oh my god but anyways, I mean, see, Megan still hasn't even said good morning. I mean, we're yeah, like, Megan, good morning. In. Again. Let's, <laughs> Megan, let's jump in because if not, we're going to be here. We're going to spend the whole podcast just doing a good morning. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Made it. We're here. Everyone's alive. It's, it's good. That's awesome. Megan, I am going to be in Norman, Oklahoma next weekend. Oh, are you um, going to a game? I'm going to go visit my daughter up at OU. Oh, so fine. I'm super excited. It's, it's parents. Not weekend. as cool as a game, but it's pretty cool. Uh, but we are going to the game. That's the part of that. <laughs> See, there oh, there you go. go. Uh, there you we're go. 
we're looking go. forward to that one. Oh man, That's it's going to be, you guys are going to have so much fun. It's great. Like Norman on game day, you know, it is, it's just so much fun. But we're excited. So Tyler, we finally get to you. Good morning. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad Zach, you made it. Good afternoon. I'm trying to think <laughs> All right, guys, time to wrap it up. <laughs> time we do something, Zach's like, I can't be there. Sorry. Like, or, or he just doesn't yeah. like us or something. Tons of wedding. Every, every meeting, every meeting we ever do, Zach's just gone. Everything is like, all right, yeah, let's schedule this podcast together. Oh no, Zach can't make it. So I'm like, Shh. I don't even know who's yeah. Zach. Is he real? Yeah, exactly. I'm the part timer. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Oh, thanks for having me on. I really, you know, Greg and I are stoked <laughs> to be a part of this. He couldn't make. He's on vacation with his family for the first time in a long time. So I'm super stoked he gets to do that. It's like been six years since he's taken a real one. So you know, I'm super stoked he gets to do that, and we're excited to be a part of it and do some more stuff with everybody down the road. So this podcast is going to be pretty interesting, I think. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. All right, guys, before we get started, I want to talk really quick about the Pool Nation Awards. And those are the only awards for the pool pros by the pool pros. So first of all, I want to congratulate all the nominees. It was great to see all of you guys on the Instagram live. And we were super excited about it. And so far, the people are getting out to the polls, guys. People are signing up. People are registering to vote. What you guys are going to want to do to vote, guys, go out to www.poolnationawards.com to vote. You will need to register to vote. And it's very important that voting is only open for 30 days. And it's going to close on Sunday, October 17th. So if you want to vote, there's a time frame there. Get out there, register, and vote. Yeah, and some people are asking if the winners are going to be announced before the awards, and the answer is no. So uh, we will not be announcing the winners. I saw a comment on that that said that, and I was like, why would people want to know before before they get the award? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like right. that would take out the whole, the whole excitement of everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they want to know if they should go to the show or not. That's what they're really right. asking. It's like, well, do, I, do I spend the money to go to Dallas if I'm, I'm only going to do it if I win? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I also want to mention that there's the promo code for the Expo Pass, which I think is super cool. If you just want to go to the show and walk the floor and check out the booths, you're going to use code POOLNATION in all caps. It's about a $60 value for the Expo Pass. And you can find that by going to poolnationawards.com. And at the top, there's a red button that'll say free Expo Pass. And when you click on that, it'll take you to the registration page and it'll already have the promo code input in there for you. We've kind of made it nice and simple. There's a huge big red button at the top. You can't miss it. Free Expo Pass. Click on it. You can register and that's 60 bucks. That's a that's a, that's a diff- decent one. And we didn't know that we actually, they were going to give us that. So I thought that was cool. The show dates are the 13th to the 18th. The education part is first from the 13th to the 15th. And then the expo part is from the 16th to the 18th and the night of the 17th are the awards. And um, we're going to put Megan on the spotlight out there. We're going to make her stand up on stage and kind of do a skit and talk and, you know, present the awards. So I've been threatening to wear, I've been threatening to wear a ball gown. You know, these you are some, you trust some me, it's gonna fancy be a production. industry awards. So I never know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm considering this. <laughs> John says that he was wearing a tux, but with Crocs would be the only way that he would well, flow that. Absolutely. So. I mean, so we'll that's fair. To. I mean, heels are real tough, right? I could pull it off. I can pull it off. <laughs> the other thing, guys, is that we have partnered up with Megan and there are going to be two special awards for two of the 30 under 40. 
Megan will talk about those and we'll announce those that night as well. So we're super excited about those as well. So I do want to acknowledge and thank our current sponsors for the Pool Nation Awards. And that is the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA. Hasa has joined us. And Zach John, we have the first Pool Pro that joined us as a sponsor. No. Who? Jay with Jake Breakfield Pools out in Denton, Texas reached out and he is the first sponsor from the pool service side. So that's that was so cool. That, Jay's so that cool, was, man. He, he's on every single live. He's every podcast religiously. He, you know, he contributes. He's completely always positive. You know, I think he's awesome. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. So we're excited. All right. So this week's shout out goes to Jamie. And here I go, John here. I'm going to butcher that, the last name. Tuttle, I think it is. T-U-T-T-L-E. And he was out in Arizona. And I was talking to him yesterday uh, on a video call and he's parked over on the side of the street and he goes, okay, I'm going to show you something because if I tell you this, you're not going to believe me. (laughs) So he's on his video phone. He flips the phone over and here comes this horse with a saddle just running down the middle of the street. (laughs) Here comes the second one with the saddle just running down the street and then a lady running after the two horses just right behind. And he's like, I'm not making this stuff up, Edgar. Like, uh, like this is so. As we're talking, he's trying to help them. They don't need any help. That literally one That's of the how we do pool service here. You didn't know that? Of course. I mean, <laughs> old school. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So. All right, guys. So let's get this party started for everybody listening. Pool Pro Mag, the Pool Chasers and our Pool Nation podcast decided to come together because we believe it's important to talk about some of our industry issues and bring some awareness, not just as individuals or podcasts, but as one voice in the industry. And today's topic is one that we feel very strongly about. And we all decided to come together and talk about the topic in hope of bringing awareness. So I want to thank Megan and Tyler for taking the time out of their schedules to join us today and come and talk about it. So with that said, let's get this Let's get this podcast started. So, Megan, let me start with you because we had you on the Instagram Live and you talked about a concern because you did a survey and the data or the findings were not good with that specific question and survey. So can you talk a little bit about that? What was the survey and you know what was the issue with, with those rates? Yeah, for sure. So, okay, first of all, like, let's be clear, this was not a scientific survey, you know, so we're not, so take it with a grain of salt. And it wasn't a huge sample size. I think it was a little over 100 pool service pros answered the survey. We're trying to get an idea of like what's going on in the pool service industry, you know, right now. What does it look like in 2021? And this was kind of late in the spring, early summer that we did the survey. We asked, have supply chain shortages impacted your business? 91% yes. Um, On what products have you seen price increases? I mean, it was all of them, right? Like there was not one category we put out there or one product we put out there where there was not a price increase. And then so have you raised your prices? And what you charge for your services. And so 81%, yes, that's great. But 19% still said that they had not raised their prices. And we know this was in, you know, April, May timeframe. And as we know, like the prices, price increases to the pool pros have got continued to go up and will continue to go up. And we know some of these are coming now. 
And it just kind of blew my mind that there was still, I mean, that should be a hundred percent because there's not, because prices have been raised to everyone else in the industry, 100%. Like no one has been untouched by this. And so there should not be a, you know, 81, 19%. That number needs to be a hundred percent because if you haven't raised your prices, you're just losing, you're losing money. If you weren't already, you definitely are now. Yeah. So Tyler, you guys on the pool chasers have also been talking about doing rate increases and making sure that the pool pros out there are looking at their numbers and to make the necessary uh, increases or adjustments. Uh, What are you guys seeing and hearing when it comes down to the pool pros increasing their rates? Yeah, um, it's been a hot topic for (laughs) a while now, but um, I still I agree with Megan and I think it's still not enough of people raising their prices. I don't really understand other than the lack of kind of business mindset, you know, maybe, but you know, like we always talk about people, a lot of times will get mad at their bosses and start their own companies. And, you know, they don't really understand the business side of things. And that's where we stepped in a couple of years ago. That's where you guys are helping with now is like some of these, mostly these business sense and business knowledge and what to do in certain situations. Right. And if you're good at the pool stuff and you just don't understand that piece of it, it can be difficult to run a business in general, but <laughs> extremely difficult in a time like this where you don't understand, you know, your costs that are coming in and understanding what your costs of actually running a company are and then what you need to charge to actually make a profit, right? I mean, there's there's so much into that piece of it right now is if you don't raise your prices, then you're just you're losing money, like Megan said. So I mean, it's still not enough in my opinion. I was just up at the pie show and we did a class on the price matrix that we'll talk about here shortly. But even that in that class, it was, I was pretty amazed with just kind of the feedback was, was not what I thought it would be fully is just kind of like, how do we at towards the end, there was a few of them that just like, how do we do this? Right. How do we get to that point of raising? And it's been a year and a half or almost two years now of these. And I can't imagine running a pool service company struggling for that long. I mean, it's gotta be tough. So definitely think this is a good topic to keep pushing because I don't know that enough people are, are listening, you know? Yeah, no. And like you said, it's kind of like the, I don't know if you guys have read the book, the E-Myth, but it's kind of the technician versus the entrepreneur, you know, is the 19% left, the technician that now needs to transition into being the entrepreneur. So I think it's important that we stop right now and take a minute to share some of the, the recent product rate increases that are happening. You know, the first one is that on August 25th, Hassel released a letter with 12% increase for liquid chlorine. And then on September 1st, Segura announced that their CalHypo is going to increase 20 to 35%, Tricor 40 to 50%, and other products anywhere from 20 to 50%. And then on September 15th, PEP put out a letter saying that the majority of their vendors, including the three main manufacturers, um, Hayward, Jandy, and Pinter, have notified them of price increases that will most likely take effect October 1st. But the price hikes from the big three will take effect on October 15th. So, I find it interesting because I was reading that letter and they talk about the rate increase, but then from the manufacturers, there is a price hike. So I kind of found that interesting and I haven't been able to find out what the percentages are from the manufacturers. So I think we need to kind of get back out there and find out, but we knew they were coming. I think the other thing that was important, Zach, was, you know, a number of manufacturers have advised them that regardless of the order dates, orders shipped after October 1st are going to get hit with that new price. 
So, you know, for those that are kind of trying to get out there and pre-order and buy in hopes of, let me buy it now, even if I get it later, that's not going to happen. You're going to get it at that higher rate. And for me, I have a lot of concerns for some pool pros out there. And some people have told me, oh, you sound like you're doing this doom and gloom. And it's really not. We're really trying to bring awareness is what we're trying to bring. People need to realize that if they don't look at these numbers, if they don't look at these adjustments, they can go out of business. And I'll pick tabs for for an example. Pre-COVID, we were at about 80, 90 bucks a bucket. And right now we're anywhere from 150 to 190 a bucket. And after October 1st, you're looking at a 50% increase. That means that tabs are going to be about 255. And it might be more than that, but I picked the range because it's from 150 to 190. So maybe somewhere in the middle. So I'm lowballing a little bit. But if we break down tabs alone, they've gone from 90 cents a piece to $2.55 each. So in the middle of summer, if you're adding two tabs per week, it used to be $7.20. That today is $20.40 just on tabs. We're not talking liquid. We're not talking Cal Hypo. We're not talking about any of that. And so I kind of think about those pool guys that are charging the hundred bucks and, and just tabs alone, you're talking 20 bucks. So that becomes, you know, very scary. So. How do we get the pool pros to realize or bring awareness that they're at a very critical stage of their business and that they need to look at their numbers? So, you know, how do we get them to be able to do that? We've talked about it. We try to bring the awareness, but what other things can we do? That's such a good question. I don't know. It's frustrating because it's like, what, you know, you kind of get a little frustrated because you're like, what else can we do? I mean, we're pretty much laying it out there for you. And I think that's it. I think everyone just has to keep talking about it we've talked about this before, like you feel like you've been hammering home the same message for months and months and months. But I think you just have to keep after it. I like what you said, Edgar, about this isn't a doom and gloom situation. Like this is an opportunity. And if you're not looking at it like that, I think that's your first problem, right? If you look at this like, oh, no, this is going to be really hard. and This is terrible. You're not looking at it the right way. This is really an opportunity for you to run a better business and make more money. And if you aren't thinking like that, and if you're not trying to position yourself in that way, then you've got a problem. I mean, it's happening to us, too. Like we're, we're about to we're about to announce a rate increase too, guys, because we got our like fourth notification from our printer that our prices are going up. You know, it's like this is this is happening everywhere. And I've talked to our customers and they're like, we understand. They know they know it's coming because we can't just keep decreasing our margins and expect to be able to continue at the level that we want to. And so, I mean, it's something that we're doing. It's something that everybody needs to be doing. And you, you really have to switch it from that. It's, I think it's such a mindset thing where there's this fear of raising prices. There's this misunderstanding of how to do it. And you're the problem. It's not your customers. It's not the manufacturers. You are the one that has a problem with it. It's not these other people. Like you are the one that's holding this back. It's not, it's not your customers. It's not those cranky people out there who don't want to spend more. Like this is you needing to get over your own fear and your own, um, you know, your own setbacks with this because (laughs) I feel like I've said this so many times lately when I've been talking about these things where I just want to look at people and be like, you're the problem. Yeah, you're, you're the aggressive. problem. That's like, awesome. You're the one who's I mean, I, I, you're holding yourself back. If this, if this there's is what so you're many times where I want to tell so. people that you're the problem, and, and I can't fully, you know, I try to tell them in a in a workaround way, but it's like, now if you, if you don't, yeah. well, I said I, I said I wanted to. I didn't say I was doing. It. I was saying right. on the podcast, but not to any person individually. <laughs> I'm not that brave. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm going to say Megan said, but you know, they've 
this yeah, industry has yeah. been Megan said that you're the problem, Tyler. To <laughs> not do that, right? I mean, we've they've been told like this is a fear that like, you're going to lose customers if you raise prices. You're going to, you know, it's it's going to be the end of everything if you raise your prices. I mean, I've, I know people who didn't raise their prices for ten plus years for a long time because they're comfortable at this level, right? Of like, well, if I do that, there's so many other variables that go on with that. I have to raise. I have to do all kinds of stuff within my QuickBooks to raise my prices. I have to change the way I do billing. I got to do this and that to change everything. And it's like, well, you just rather not make any money. Like, I don't understand what the alternative to not doing that is. It's very frustrating, but it's not all their fault because if you come in and you get trained by somebody who does something a certain way and they tell you and you figure out, okay, they're charging $100 and Johnny down the street's charging $100. This guy's charging 105. Maybe I can charge 110 you know, for a different service or an added service. But it's really based on like, what's the other person doing? I mean, it's never really been based on what is it costing me to run a business how I want to run my business. I want to provide this level of service. I want to give the customers X, Y, and Z. I want to include chemicals. I don't want to include chemicals. Ever you want to do it. But it's never like the way I want to run my business is how I'm going to charge. It's always that person down the street charges this. I'll just charge $5 more, right? That's yeah, this this industry has sold itself, sold its services based on price and not on value for you know for years and years and years and years. And that's where you start. Yeah, that's where you start worrying. Well, this guy down the street sells it, does it for a hundred bucks. So if I don't, I'm going to lose my customer if I don't match his price. And it's like, no, you don't match his price. You exceed his, his service. Like you do a better job. People will pay for the extra, the extra service, and they'll pay for the value. And we just have not been very good at marketing ourselves that way. Or positioning ourselves where it's like, no, we're actually bringing value. This isn't about, you know, 10 bucks here, or five bucks there. Like, we're going to take care of you. And that's why you need to hire us. Like, we just, we just haven't been doing that. I'm going to take it a, a little one step further. And I think you guys are kind of teetering <laughs> on the edge of that. Push it. Um, is, all right. All right, of course, leave it to me. Yes. Right. Take it. Right. No, so, not, you know, no. I'm, gonna, I'm giving you cover here, Megan. Right. So nobody's going to trust me after I say this. Right. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to nobody's going to say Megan said this. Megan said that they're going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe John said this. But here's the truth. Right. No, no, I'm just giving you I'm I'm, I'm shielding you here. Are you just trying right? to one up me? I'm is just, that what's going on? I'm here? just taking a little bit further. And this is the truth. And you can take it how you want it. But the reality is this, is I believe truly deep down inside that the reason why the mo- most are hesitant to do this is because of their own insecurities, their own self-worth of what they believe or how well they're doing, whether it may be that they think they could be doing a better job and they're not, or they're skating away a little bit here, or they think that they're lucky that they have that account. They need to change their mindset. If that's the mentality you have, then you need to grip that mirror and look at yourself and say, what can I do to be the best at what I do? And how can I provide a better service than the rest of them or the majority of them? Once you do that and you have that self-reflection and you feel good about what you're doing and what you have to offer, then it becomes a little bit easier for you to be able to go out and get what you're worth. If you're insecure about it, then that's a whole nother animal. And I think that's that, I mean, that's another 15 podcasts in itself trying to get down to understand what's driving that or what's keeping you from feeling you're not worthy of at least getting what you should get for the service that you provide. Because this isn't easy work. If you're doing it correctly and, and 
it's not easy work whatsoever. And it takes a lot of knowledge, hard work, elbow grease, grind in order to be good at it. And you should be compensated accordingly for it. And if you're not, you have to just, like I said, grip that mirror and look yourself and go, what, what's the problem? And why do I think I'm not worthy? Or why do I think that I don't deserve to get paid more for that account? Because in reality, us as consumers, because not only are we business owners, but we're also consumers, when we go to purchase something or we want to buy something, regardless of the price, if we believe it has value and it's worth it to us, we will pay that extra money for it. If you find two things that are absolutely identical and one is way less than the other, of course, you're going to go with the one that's cheaper. You're not stupid with your money. You're going to spend and do what you want. Is it that you feel that you're on the brink or, hey, look, you know, you're kind of just doing a mediocre job and you think if you do this increase, you're going to send that customer over the edge and say, okay, now I'm going to get rid of my pool guy that I've had for 10 years and I've just kept them because I don't want to get rid of them and I don't like change and I don't like confrontation, but I'm just dealing with it and we're kind of both dealing with each other. And But no, now here he is charging me so much. Now I can use that as an out to fire you. I think that's the real reason why people are so hesitant to do this because it just doesn't make sense otherwise. That's the other side of it, right? It's We're talking about a value-added service. Like if you don't give value or you don't provide value in your service, then you can't really raise your prices. I mean, that's the other part of it that people are missing, right? If I want to charge 175 and the next guy's charging 100 and I don't provide something different, something better, something on top of what he's doing, then you can't do that because the customers, you may, half of them may just take the price increase and not, but you're right. The other half will say that, like, I've been dealing with you for your crap for 10 years. Like, I'm not going to pay you $75 more. Like you just come, it's just convenient for me not to change pool guys, but now I can change pool guys because now you're raising my rates. Like if you're not providing value to them and you know, that's the other piece of it. And I think maybe that 19% that Megan's talking about is the ones like you're saying, John, that just don't, just either they don't think they deserve it, which is one thing, or they just don't aren't providing it and don't want to change that way the way they do things. I mean, that's that's the other piece of it. I can totally relate to what you're saying though, John. And I think that you're I think that you're right. I think that it's it is it comes down to a self-worth thing, right? And it's something that I have had to also get over in my own business. I bought the company and it was like I was like so thankful to anyone who like bought an ad from us, you know, and it was like we got a salesperson and she does such a great job of getting better rates from people than I do, you know, and it's because she sees it different than I see it, right? She sees the value that we bring. Whereas I have way too much tied into like what I think I'm worth and it's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. And, and it, and I think it, it definitely is what a lot of people do. You know, it's like, well, I didn't go to college and I didn't, um, you know, I just started this with like 500 bucks and, you know, and it's like, that doesn't matter. Like if you do a good job and you take care of your customers, then you, you deserve to get paid accordingly. Like you said, I think there is a lot of that self-worth stuff tied up into it, like more than, more than we want to admit to ourselves, because this is something that I have recently learned about me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a hard journey to walk trying to like look deep inside yourself and see why is this so uncomfortable to me to talk about raising my rates or asking people for more money when like this is what I do for a living and I am a professional and I am good at my job and I do the best that I can for them. And I, I think you're so right. Like you said it way better than I did. I was, say, I was saying mindset, but you're right. It comes down to probably self worth and self esteem more than we want to admit. 
There's so many moving pieces to it all. I think a big piece of it is timing, just where that person is maturity and emotionally in their life cycle. And I think that, you know, getting people to realize it is going to be a combination of taking several different approaches to getting the information out there. I might listen to a podcast episode that talks about this, and it may not be the right timing for me, but I may sit down a week later and read an article somewhere or see a video somewhere, and then it clicks with me. So there's just so many moving pieces to it. And another thing that I personally believe is that sometimes people have to have certain experiences before they're motivated to make a change or adjustment. Sometimes it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't seem real, even though it is real and it's going on. And there's a certain life experience or business experience that happens that all of a sudden, again, it makes it click with you and then you're ready to make that change. But All that being said, like the pressure's here now to make the change. You can get 3% annual increases and not change your rate and most likely survive, but you can't get multiple double digit increases in one year and come out on the other end of this without making a change to your rate and being okay. It won't last. I agree. Now, here's one common thing that I hear a lot when I have these conversations with pool guys out there, and that is... Hey, should I raise my rate, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks? So how do the pool pros know exactly how much they should raise their rates? I'll start. You can't just get a number and just throw it up against a wall and hope it sticks or whatever sounds good. It goes to the root of everything we're all talking about is you need to understand your financials and you need to make these increases according there needs to be a a method to the madness you have to understand the money coming in the money going out you need to understand what each cost per stop is what each customer's costing you what you profit per customer all those things have to play a factor when you're putting in these increases along with the increases that we're receiving year over year and it seems like every other month now from our manufacturers, before we used to get increases one or two times a year. Now it seems like we're getting four or five. And even myself, where we think we're ahead of the game and we do our increases and we'll kind of go into a little bit later on in the podcast, but I can't even keep up with them. And I failed with these increases because I knew they were coming and I increased accordingly and I increased well. But man, I I mean, there's no way I took into account what I'm going to have to uh, absorb this year now until I pass my other increases. But we're in a position where we're able to absorb a little bit of it, right? We have a plan. We work with, with the schedule on how we do our increases, how much we increase, and we have calendars and dates and all that. We get it. But we're able to absorb this because we have an understanding of our financials. And I know, okay, if it now... If it ever came to the point where, hey, look, holy crap, you know, I'm not going to be able to figure this out, right? Then, yeah, we would do something different and we would do a out of schedule or whatever rate increase, or we would drop a customer if we had to, if that customer wasn't profitable and take on another one. But the number just needs to, you just can't come up with a number just because it sounds good or because you think they're going to be okay with it or whatever. You need to sit down, get your financials, come up with that number, whatever it may be, whether it's $10, $15, $20. Our average increase usually is about $20 to $30 is what we increase. But we only do ours every two years. But still, that's kind of where we're at. But it all depends on all these factors. So um, it's hard just to throw a number. There's no blanket number. 
I think you're hundred percent right. And as it goes back to the business thing, but I think I want to add on top of that, like this, the whole world is primed for you to raise your rates. Right. I mean, back, going back all the way to like toilet paper, when we all had to pay for toilet paper and find it and all this crap, like even you go all the way back to that, like people are understanding now that you have that, that crisis and you have the pandemic, then you have all these things, everything they buy, everything that they buy has gone up. I mean, every single thing that they buy has gone up. So why would we not go up? I mean, it, it just, it's the perfect timing. They already understand it. And if you do it the right way, which is a big deal, I mean, you can't just say, Hey, we're going up 20 bucks and that's it. Right. You, you gotta, like you said, Zach, it has to be several different approaches and you know, your customers, the way that you communicate to them or talk to them or give them an email or a text or a call. It all depends on who they are. And the, the more time you take and invest in it, the better you're going to chances you are going to keep those customers, right? You know them. I mean, you've, been, you've spent time with them. You know how they react. You know how they email it to you. And there's ones you don't want to keep. I mean, we, you guys have talked about that. We talk about it. You can fire your customers, right? It's okay. They are ready for you to do this and you should be seeing it that way. It's, it's everything that's going on. And I think the reaction to all these price increases is, whoa, whoa, like they're, they're jacking us again. Right. But Megan and I have talked about this several times and once on the podcast together, it's like everybody is getting hit with all kinds of prices. Like the shipping rates are going up crazy. They can't get the parts to make these pumps. They can't get these pieces that they need to make the filters and the heaters and all this stuff that we need to put in backyards. They can't get them. So what does it take to get those things? Like more money. They need to spend more money to get those pieces. Like, are they making money? Of course. Like they have to make their legitimate businesses who are backed by financial people and all kinds of things. You know, it's there. They have to provide value to their investors. They have to make a profit. Right. But that's what a good business does. And that's what you should also do. So you're getting, they're getting all these price, price increases from all over the place. And so we have to understand as an industry, like they're not just raising rates because they want to raise rates. And I think that's not probably not a popular opinion, but it's the true opinion because we have to understand, okay, like everybody is getting rates increases and the little tiny, you know, pump plugs, heater plugs, these little pieces are one little, the metal piece of a, of a shaft seal, right? Like those little pieces they can't get them. Those are the parts that are so hard to find right now, these little pieces, and they have to pay a lot more money to get them to get priority on them. So that's what the increases are coming from, right? They, they're getting hit with all these things. Of course, they need to make a profit, but we have to accept that and realize that and then take that same mindset of, hey, everybody is increasing things right now. And you have to explain that to your customers in a way that this is why it's happening. I'm not just doing it. Like I'm being charged, what do you say, $250 for a bucket of tabs. Like every tab I put in your pool costs $2.50, right? It costs me that much. I got to put four in your pool a week. That's 10 bucks. I mean, you're paying me $100. So if I spend $40 on chlorine alone, that's just tabs. So nothing else. If I'm shocking, if I'm doing conditioner, if I'm doing, you know, borate, all these different things like that all cost different money. But the thing they understand, I think most is chlorine, shock and acid, right? But you can explain those to them. But it's, listen, like I'm getting these hits all over the place. The manufacturers are getting these hits all over the place. We just have to do what we have to do to survive as a business. And I think anybody that can afford to pool service probably has a decent job, right? It probably has a decent understanding of business and what they're doing, or they run businesses, or they have people that work for them. 
So they get business. So if you explain to them correctly, this is what's happening to me. This is what we need to do. Then you shouldn't have a big problem. And then again, you can fire the ones that have a problem. I mean, you probably all are getting hit left and right with, Hey, can you come service my pool? Hey, can you come service my pool? Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. Right. You're turning down business left and right. Every pool guy I talk to is turning down business left and right. So why are you going to deal with the five customers that don't want to increase their rates when you can have five brand new customers that are going to be on your brand new path that you've created and on the pricing structure you've created? That's what you need to do. So that's just, that was a long rant, but that's kind of, <laughs> that's all right. I just heard you say borates. I heard you say borates and my heart jumped. I did that you for know. you. So I was in a manufacturing facility this week. It was so interesting. There was a small company and they, they couldn't get this one like lever. It was all they needed, this plastic lever. They couldn't get it. And so they were like, okay, well, what else can we use? And they switched to like a little, like a hose kind of thing. Right. And like that kind of stuff is so fascinating to me because, you know, it's just this, like this one piece that's a huge part of what they're doing. And not only did they find something that worked that was like the same, it was cost effective. It also ended up being a better solution, which is super cool. And so I'm excited to see what those kind of innovations look like coming from the manufacturers as these things happen and change. And they're like, well, we can't just not sell this to people. We have to get this out the door. Like what, what can we do to like not make it a worse product, but to make it, you know, just as good or better and still make sense financially for people. I'm so excited to see what all of those things are because it's there's so many that I've already heard about. And when you think about that, like you're talking about that, that's so much money involved in that, that change right there, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to just switch to this little piece. Like the whole assembly line changes. Every piece of their business changes. Everything, it, it probably cost them 10 grand. I'm just throwing out a number to, to make the switch of from this little piece to this new pump thing that they're doing. And they have, and they have to invest in training for their guy, everybody who's putting those together. There's so much cost that goes into making that change for you so that you can get the product that you're looking for. I remember talking with, um, Havaland and like, they had to use different color lids, random lids, random things to like, just to get you product. I mean, you may see these things that's a different color, but because they're trying to get it to you. It's just, everything is crazy. But anyways, to your point, like that, that costs them a lot of money to make a change on a little tiny thing. The amount of time and effort and, um, you know, sourcing these things is crazy. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing, when we go back to the original question of like, you know, how much do I raise my prices and needing to know your financials? Like, I think we all understand that that's kind of an easier said than done thing, right? To understand your financials and like know where you're at. And so I think it's really great because I know you guys have your class where people can, you know, spend a day and and get that information and really understand what it is and what they need to do. And when we say financials, what do we mean? You know, and the same thing with Tyler with the pricing matrix, like those are some really great tools that people can use to actually figure this out. Because I know it's one thing for us to get on here and say, you got to know your numbers, you got to do this, you got to do that. Like, we all know that that is easier said than done. Like when you've been working out in the field all day long and you come back, like the last thing you want to do is like open up QuickBooks and sit down and look at your P&L and try to figure out 
where you're at and what this means. And, and look like some of it, like some of us are not good at that. I am not good at that. I am a word girl. I am not a numbers girl. And it is not, it is not something that I enjoy doing. It is not something that I want to be spending my time doing. And so admittedly, I, it is the one thing in my business that I will put off for as long as I possibly can. And I know, and I know that I cannot do that. Right. And so like, I get it. It's hard. And so, but I think you want to like take advantage of the tools that are out there for you, whether it's, you know, the pool nation class or whether it's working through this matrix or doing both, you know, whatever it takes to, to figure out what that is, you know, give yourself some time to sit down and figure it out. And um, I know you don't feel like you have time, but like give yourself some time to sit down and figure it out. Take advantage of the tools that are available because these are people who understand your business and know what you're going through and know kind of how to point you in the right direction. So that when you do say, I need to make a price increase and you do get pushback from a customer, you can be confident in saying, no, this is what I have to get from you for me to be able to continue to be able to take care of your pool. I can't just show up and and lose money and because I won't be here next year and you'll be you'll be finding someone else then anyway who will be charging you what I'm charging you now because this is it is what it is. So I think that will help you give you the confidence to talk to your customers and I think that will also help you run a better business, a more efficient business and a, a more financially sound business. And then just give you that confidence to say, I know this is what I need to do. So it's so great of you guys, I think, to put these tools together because I think that's been the missing piece in all of this, right? Is that people just don't know how and for valid, understandable reasons. And so, but there are tools now, like you don't have really have an excuse anymore to not do this because or not know your numbers because there are inexpensive, free, you know, easy ways for you to figure this out and, um, and save your business and save yourself a lot of hassle and time trying to learn all these things by yourself. It's overwhelming. Like, like use what you can that's already there because it is it is there. I think a lot of people are probably afraid. They say it's something that I'm not good at or I don't know. But what ends up happening with a lot of people that take the the business finance class is they have a pre-conversation with us and we're talking about all these, you know, terms, whether it's you know, profit, loss, fixed expenses, operational expenses, average costs, this, that. And it's just like water chemistry. The first time that you started doing pools, the correlation between pH and alkalinity didn't click to you probably for three or four months, right? Because there's just so much information coming at you. But you hear it so many times over and over and over again that then it just kind of clicks, right? So it's the same thing with the financials. At the beginning, you're afraid. And when you do it and you, you hear the terms five times, you're like, I got this. So I know that there is a fear out there, guys and girls, to, to go through either the pricing matrix or the class. But the best thing that you could do is spend that time, go through it so that you have that number. Because let me tell you, the only way that you're going to be able to figure out exactly how much you need to raise your rates is to know exactly how much money you're making. Because if you do a $10 rate increase, but you're still losing money, next summer, you're going to be out of business. So the only thing that's going to determine what that rate needs to be is sitting down going through a course, going through the pricing matrix, sitting down with your accountant, bookkeeper, whatever it is, and have them tell you what that number is so that you can increase that price. I want to add something. I think everyone great points and pretty much covered that question. But I just want to add a little twist there. What if you're priced okay? What if you're priced where you need to be and you're in panic mode and you're like, everyone's raising their rates. They're talking about rate increases. I need to get out there. You might 
unnecessarily push potential customers away or lose customers because you you push your price to a point that it doesn't need to go to right now. So that's why it's uh, I'm going to use your word, John, hypercritical that you you know these numbers, uh, and and that's all I'm going to add on that. I love that analogy, Edgar, about the chemistry, learning the chemistry, and then the business. That was actually oh, a home run right there. I really liked it. I see you're good for one once in a while. All right. Oh, thank you. I appreciate a compliment from John. Well, let's not let's not once look come while, on. Right? Let's not once, stretch once it out. In a, what, twice a year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, that was <laughs> if that I'm was, lucky. That was just perfect. You let's know? not let that ego except, get except out there. I think it took us like you know a year to understand that. Probably not three or four months. <laughs> But, but I know I'm a three or four right, months. Right. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Months, right? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it takes a long time to understand that water chemistry. <laughs> yeah, it's true for sure. Tyler, you guys did a podcast and you talked about a pricing matrix. Can you talk about that a little bit? And then, you know, once you kind of talk about that, maybe tell if anybody wants to go through that, where they can find it, but kind of talk about that pricing matrix. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to preface it too. I think Megan made a good point of every one of us was at a point where we weren't doing this. I have over 10 years experience in this industry now. And a lot of that was making tons of mistakes, right? I mean, so what we're talking about here is not like, hey, look at me. I, I figured this out. It's <laughs> it's taken me 10 years to build this pricing matrix with Greg and with Rich. Like, it, It's taken a long time to come up with like, okay, I think this is how I would do it now. And I don't even know if that's 100% right. You know, it's like, it's always a learning curve of like, yes, you do this trial and error. You know, you have to learn from everything you do. I don't really think there's failure in anything as long as you're learning from it. Right. So this is something that we've created, but it's not just like it came to us right now. You know, it's a lot of hard work. And same with everybody here on the podcast, you know, everybody has done things in their businesses where each one of it's coming from a learning experience. Right. So back to the pricing matrix. It kind of looks at five major things, and I think we've hit on several of them, but just labor, vehicle cost, chemical cost, your overhead, and then kind of profit. So it's taking these five categories and putting them on paper. So some of them are easier said than done. Some of them are are hard. Like the labor is the hardest one. I mean, it's, it's the first one on this list. Labor is very difficult to understand what it's costing you, and it varies from business to business because... If you, you know, whether you have employees or you have 1099s, which you should not have 1099s anymore. Oh, that's another podcast, right? But, um, if you, you know, if people are running legitimate businesses on having employees, how many technicians are out there? How many pools are they doing a day? How many pools per week? You know, what are you paying for payroll taxes, workman's comp benefits for those employees? If you provide those, you know, other costs like cell phones, uniforms, um, these things all cost you money. They all get wrapped into this labor cost. So, it's going to take a few hours to go through this and, you know, we're here to help you. And I think your guys' class is awesome because you give them more of an individual kind of like breakdown of their businesses. Our podcast lays, lays this out and tells you how to do it and kind of we can help you. Rich can help you. Um, Rich Gallo, who's helped us build this, but your guys' class offers that one on one, which is, which is super cool because I think it takes a lot of work to get to the point where you understand your numbers. Right. So, you know, you're putting together labor. Everything here is. Kind of what it is, but basically you got to figure out what your technicians are costing you per month, and that number is going to be a lot higher than you think it is. Probably around, you know, sixty dollars per tech. I, you know, that's a that's a number. And if you're charging a hundred dollars for a pool per month and you're paying your sixty dollars for just labor, 
like you know, now we're going to keep going, right? So you got like that plus then now you got vehicles. So some people would have their own vehicles. Some people have company trucks like Zach. I know you guys have co- company trucks that comes with a higher cost. So you got to figure out what your vehicle payments are, what your insurance is, what your fuel is, and then plan for maintenance. So you got all this wrapped up into vehicle. So let's say for it's $20 a month. I'm just going to pull out a number. So now you're at, you're at $80 a month, right? So you got your labor, your vehicle, and you're already, it's costing you $80 a month right now to run your business. Then let's get into chemicals. Now this is obviously it's changed. Even since we did the podcast, this has increased crazy, right? So what is it costing you? So you just said, Edgar, like 250 a tab, right? So you got to calculate. I put 15 tabs in Mrs. Jones pool every month. So that's, 15 times 250, right? So you got, that's where basic chems and you got specialty chems like your borates, John. You got all these specialty chems that you can offer in different, different races. <laughs> so you got to calculate what each pool is costing me chemical wise every month. So let's say that's $25 a month. It's probably more now, but I'll just say that. So now you're at about $105 a month right there before any overhead, before making any profit. It's costing you $105 a month to take care of that pool. So let's get into overhead. So right there is kind of like if you're a one polar or you got one or two guys, you know, that's probably where your costs end. But let's not forget, you probably have a vision of, of creating a bigger, bigger business at one point, right? So you still want to calculate overhead in your prices and then you may be charging equivalent to that, right? So you got it. Then your overhead is your office, office managers, route managers, other things like that, that cost you money that those office managers and route managers, they don't bring in money out in the field like technicians do. So making a jump to bring on an office manager or a route manager is a huge leap, right? So the cost financially, you're going to be paying that person a salary that doesn't necessarily bring in money, right? It, it helps you in other areas by freeing up your time, but you're not, you know, it's, it doesn't bring in money. So you got to be able to make that jump. So you have to calculate in advance of what the overhead's going to cost you. So you got those four numbers. Let's just say your overhead is $30 a month. So you're at $135 a month that it's costing you to run a business. And that's before you make any money. So you're really losing money, right? So then it gets to profit. What do you want to make? Like, I would say a reasonable amount right now is about 30%, right? People are wanting to make at least 30%. Some people make more, some people make a little less. I've heard 23%, 27%, 30, 33. Um, you know, those it just depends on what you want to make yourself, right? So then you got to multiply that by the 33%. What number is that? Okay. So that's, let's just say, I don't want to do the math in my head. So, so $40, if you did 30%, that's $40. So you'd be like 175 a month, right? Would be what you need to be charging to be making money and charging the appropriate amount. So if you're charging $100 right now a month and you calculate these things and you're like, wow, I'm losing $75 a month every month, right? So that's kind of the, the gist of it. Um, it's a lot more detailed than that because you, you have to spend time figuring out those numbers, right? I just threw out random numbers, but I think it's very workable. And if you listen to the podcast we did with Rich and he's available to help you out, but it's, it's really just kind of figuring out what those things cost you and what you want to make and putting it all together. And then again, like I said, I think your guys' business class is awesome because it, it gives them that more individual one-on-one time. But um, yeah, that's the idea is just really figuring out what it's costing you to run a business and then, you know, how much profit do you want to make? That's what it is and calculate that number. And then this is what I should be charging per month is 175 dollars per pool on this what i just did you know so one thing i've been doing this for a long time and one concept that i missed for a long time was the profit 
right? You get so stuck in the weeds with the expenses. That's all you focus on. It was actually Edgar, you know, helping me start learning about running off budgets and how to do that. And he's like, and then you got to figure out your profit. I'm like, what? You don't just roll the dice every year and then hope that you hit something. And that's how I ran the business for a long time. So it, it's just such a huge piece that I think is often overlooked. I mean, if I overlook it, I know a lot of other people overlook. Not saying I'm a genius or anything, but I take a lot into account. So I think that's super huge and super important, obviously. Profit is the number one thing everybody misses. I mean, they all, when you get to that point, they're like, oh, I got to make some money. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's always that. And I did the same thing for a long time when we were running brothers. I mean, I, I understood, okay, yeah, that costs us this much money to run the business. So we need to be charging this much money. And then you forget, oh, I got to pay myself, right? <laughs> I got to live off this. And, you know, what are you doing it for if you don't make money? I mean, everybody loves, you know, if you don't enjoy your job and you don't make money at it, what are you doing it for? Go do something else. You got to love what you're doing and you have to make, everybody has to feel that reward of my hard work is worth something. And at the end of the day, if it's not, then go work somewhere where you can get paid and not have all the headaches and all this stress you're going through, right? If you don't want to run a business, if you're not made to run a business, then don't do that. You know, there's a lot of number twos in companies, number twos, threes, sixes that make a ton of money. Number two in Google, number six in Apple, you know, these people make six figures, but they don't run the business. They don't own the business. If you're not made to run a business, then don't do it. But if you really enjoy that piece of it, you enjoy working for yourself, then you figure this piece out. You figure out, oh, I need to make money to be happy, to to provide for my family, to you know get the things that I like and love to do. Like You don't just work to work. I mean, you got to work to make money. I want to emphasize something that you said, Tyler, I think is very, very important. And I think it's something that a lot of people forget or they don't take into consideration. And you made a comment and you said, hey, you have to look towards the future, right? You might not have overhead now because you're a one polar. Well, and we talk about a technician, what a technician costs, right? $60 a month or whatever to service that account. I think that's the biggest downfall that a one polars or family uh, ran businesses have is when they price something accordingly, you need to, the way you do it is you have to take that into consideration. If it's just you doing pools, you got to think that $60 is already there, right? You got to, I mean, there's, there should be no reason or no difference. You can't differentiate yourself from, from the next pool company that has technicians. And just because you're a sole proprietor and you're the only one servicing the pools, it doesn't make it to where you should deserve less. You have to take that into consideration. And I think we fall into a false sense of security. Because we think, oh, hey, look, you know, man, look, it's so profitable working in a pool industry or, or doing this and taking care of pools because look, oh my God, I'm, I make 80% profit. No, bullshit. You make 80% profit. You don't think of that. That's not how you should price out your pools. When it comes down to selling stuff retail, I, I get this all the time with pool guys when they call me and we talk and they're like, all right, John, what should I sell this pump for? I bought this pump for this dollar amount and I'm making X so much dollar. I'm going to sell it for this because I'm still making a few hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, are you out of your mind? What is Leslie selling that pump for? What is the retail? What are these retail giants, these people, what are they selling them for? And why should you sell it anything less than that? If anything, I'd be like, hey, look, look how badass I am. I can sell at the same price point that Leslie's sells it at, right? So if Leslie's is selling this pump for $17.99, why in the hell would I sell for anything less than $17.99 for the pump? 
or if they're selling this filter for 2000 or 2500 or whatever it is, why on earth should I sell it for anything less than what those retail giants are? And that's how you need to start looking at it. And that's what you need to do. And when you start respecting yourself as a business and then putting yourself in that same position, you know, then that's when you start to understand what it takes to be profitable, right? Or what it takes to be successful. And I say this all the time, you know, we need to stop surviving. We have to thrive in this industry, not take advantage of people, but you need to step up your game and you need to thrive because, you know, this is what motivates us. This isn't a charity. We say this a thousand times. We're not in this for a charity. I don't go out and give free pull service or free installs and free this because out of the goodness of my heart, I wish I was in a position to where I can do what I love to do, which is, you know, servicing pools, repairs, installation, and have all the money in the world and not have to worry about feeding and taking care of my family. And I can do these things for free because I don't need it. But the reality is I have to support my family and I have dreams and aspirations and I need to do these things. So there's no shame in getting what you're worth. And so I just wanted, I think you just made a perfect point on that. And I think we've got to switch. And it all comes down to that self-worth thing and that confidence, that lack of confidence that we have. You're not ripping people off, you know, if you're selling it what retail is. And that's what you're supposed to do. That's business. I, I agree with you. And I think that's the benefit of running a one polar business or a family business. Like you get that profit. You get the higher dollar amounts. Like you need that. Like a business that like Zach's running, right? Like he has less profit. He makes less money than a one polar sometimes if the one polar is running it correctly, because that's the benefit of being that family owned. But you should, and Zach needs you to charge close to what he's charging because otherwise you're undercutting him. You're taking away the, you're, you're devaluing the industry. You're devaluing what the customers think we're worth. So he needs you as a big company to charge close to what he's charging so that when that customer talks to the next person six years down the road, if you retire or whatever happens, they have the expectation of like, oh, my pool service is going to be this. You know, it's going to be 175. It's not going to be 100. If you're charging 175 and Zach's charging 175 and you're making $80 and Zach's making 30, that's how it works. That's what you have to do. That's the benefit of being by yourself or with one or two guys. You make a lot more money that way sometimes. And then it becomes on, oh, the bigger business is worth more down the road. And there's a lot more value that Zach has in his side of things, right? But the one polars or small family businesses, like you should be making a ton of profit. And you're not taking advantage of people. Like John said, whatever Leslie's is selling it for, that's what you should sell it for, if not more. Because you bring that one-on-one family operated, like, I'm going to come install this. You're never going to have problems. If it has warranty, I'm going to take care of it. There's a lot of different ways to value that, but you should be charging at least that. And you should not be afraid or scared or nervous about ripping people off because you're not. That's what you are supposed to do, like you said. And, he, and Zach needs you to do that. All the bigger companies need you to raise your prices. They need you to be competitive because they're going to outprove you. If you're not good, they're going to show why they're better and they're going to get that account at some point, maybe. But if you do provide a valuable service and you do run a legitimate business and you take care of your customers, then you deserve that money. And if you don't, they'll find out and they'll pay somebody who does, right? So charge what you're supposed to charge. And I know we're running on and on and on, but I think it's such a good subject. And I think we're really, we're really making some great points here Um, to take it even a little bit further when it comes down to this issue right here, I think is a root of a lot of problems. 
The hardest part for a one polar or for a single operation uh, business to make that jump into hiring an employee, right, is that share and profit, right, or being able to take that cut. You know, if you're already undercutting yourself as a business and not charging what you need to do, aren't already charging what it would cost if you had an employee and all those expenses that go into it, then it makes it difficult to make that jump or that leap to get that one person to bring on that one employee. Because once you bring one employee on and you're able to manage it, then from there, it's like sky's the limit. Everything just blows up, just like with any business. The hardest part is that one employee. And once you get it and it goes well and, and, and you're able to manage it and you're still profiting, you're going to be hiring employees and bringing on clients and customers like gangbusters. It really goes deep into the heart of what the issue is with a lot of us in the industry. And it all comes down to knowing your worth, right? And the value and knowing your numbers. What's the vision for your business? What's the overall goal for your business? What are you looking for to be the future? That's what you need to be charging for. Maybe Zach charging 175, you charge 150 instead of 100, right? You, maybe you don't have that all the, but it's close. What is the vision for your business? Lay that out. What do you want to be doing in five years from now? Do you want to have three employees? Do you want to have company trucks and offer them benefits and offer these great things? Then right now is the time to raise your rates to a level that allows you to get to that point. Otherwise, it's always going to be a struggle to hire the next person or buy that truck or fix the truck. I've done it. It sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, it's always going to be a struggle if you don't plan and, and raise your rates. And now is the perfect time. Like I said, they're primed for these rate raises. Do it now instead of later. Guys, let me ask you a quick question. Is anybody on a hard stop today? No, not really. No. John, are you on a hard stop? I'll make it work. You'll make I, it I'm, work. I'm really uh, enjoying this. Okay. I'm really enjoying and, this. Because so, so, so here's the thing. Believe it or not, we've already been on, on the podcast for an hour and 11 minutes. We haven't taken a break. We haven't done anything. But it's such great information that I don't care if I have to go long, cut the podcast in two, put it out in two pieces if we have to. But if you guys aren't on a time crunch, I want to keep the conversation going because I think we're hitting on such great topics and points that I don't want to uh, kind of stop that. So let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. 
Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics. We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We did record two hours on the podcast with Megan and Tyler, so we are going to turn this into a two-part series podcast. So we're going to end this podcast right here, and we're going to release part two tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to go to www.poolnationawards.com to vote for the Pool Pro Awards, the only awards for the Pool Pro by the Pool Pros. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.